0: listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans, living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same you will hear from men women and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives here at the hearts unleashed podcast we are turning dreamers into doers so if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams you are in the perfect place with wonderful people here's your host dreamer educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda.
1: All right, you guys, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I have got a very dear friend here, Shannon Hughes. He is gonna talk all about shifting from dreaming to doing because he is a master at it. He is the host of The Movement on a Voice America radio show. He is currently on break preparing to bring you season two. He's been telling me a little bit about it, and he is going to bring you another power pack season of interviews and insights and inspiration. He's also the author of Movement Mastery, How to Find Your Motivation and Create lasting momentum. You guys, you know, here on the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are all about that. And Shannon here before we, that's the formal introduction. You know me well enough. I want to introduce how I get to know Shannon and (laughs) I get to help Shannon produce and get this book out into the world. And he just has so many heart endearing stories to share and the way that his life that he's moved through different challenges and phases of his own life to really be able to inspire and coach and lead and help other people create their dreams as their reality and so it's been quite an inspiration to watch his dreams he was talking about a book and this is his third book in 3 years but I got to meet him in his third book project and it was really cool because he was just talking about it, talking about it. And then I got to be there at his release date. We forgot to take a picture. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. But man, Shannon is a heart of gold and he has so much passion for helping people. In fact, he often puts other people before himself, I would say, but he's learning. He's He shares many stories of, of how he's learned to really lead from the front and and he shares his motivational minutes every Monday, and well, more than that, huh? Every day. Every day, yes. That so that's some commitment. We're gonna t- I'm <laughs> gonna turn this over to you, Shannon. Please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about you.
2: Well, before I say introduce myself, uh, thank you for having me on. I know that's always the uh, gracious and politically thing, correct thing to say, say thank you, but I really mean that you could have asked anybody else. Thank you for that and to lend your talents to put my third book together would not have been able to do it without you and the host of others, uh, that we both know to put that book together. So, and it became a bestseller, which we did not mention. So thank you for that. So I could not have done that without you. So, uh, again, my name is Shannon D Hughes. I am currently, and I'm born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and it's, uh, I have been here all my life still here. And, um, Oh my God, just random. I, I, volunteered to taught music for 21 years to students and um from there was born and we'll get into it uh you know becoming a speaker author coach and and entrepreneur and other things like that but um i hope after this interview abigail that people will just say why not me
1: Mm.
2: you know i think a lot of people look at people and they say. Oh, they they can do that. I can do that. I can do that too. Well, you know what? You actually can. So what's preventing you from doing it? Nothing but air and opportunity from what my mom and daddy would always tell me. So, uh, so if you see me or Abigail or anybody else that's out there making a difference in people's lives and, and doing all this other stuff, um, if you say if they can do it, so can I, you're absolutely correct. So just get engaged and get going, and we talk about movement, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in this interview. So it's yeah. all about movement, and there's different phases and different styles about movement, and we're going to talk about that here in a second.
1: Yes, yes, I love it, and you know, it, we were kind of joking, it's like two internet or two radio show hosts, two podcast hosts, like, I love your answers. you are it you made that easy for me because I want to ask now, why not you when that moment happened for you? What did you do? What was that shift like?
2: Oh my god. Um, and you probably, you already know part of this. We put the book together. Uh, so as I mentioned in the intro, I volunteered taught music uh, for 21 years uh, here in the suburbs of Chicago. Piano, trumpet, and drums. Trumpet was my main thing. And I, I saw over almost between 120 and 150 students a week. Um, Monday through Saturday, uh, I'd get off work uh, for my day job and go teach there. Loved it. Did recitals. Uh, I taught all races, creeds, colors. It was just uh, the thing. It was just uh, it. I, when I got offered the position, I didn't think it would go twenty-one years. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was thin. I was somewhat cute. I had sideburns. I had waves in my hair. I was like, all right, I'm kind of cute doing my thing. And then <laughs> somewhere along the way, I fell in love with it, and I created relationships out of it, and. Uh, extended families out of it, and you know, a lot of my kids are, that that I taught are now in college and having kids and all that stuff. So it just shows you that I'm getting older, but uh, mm-hmm. but out of that, um that kind of came like my ministry in a sense. um I know that yeah. sounds a little out there, but there wasn't a dad didn't think about teaching, you know not not just about the lessons in the book that I was teaching, but just other lessons that i that I wind up teaching them, and I didn't really know it until parents started commenting on it because i would always invite the parents to sit in on the classes i would say you don't need permission to come sit in on your child's class i made that abundantly clear as often as possible um come sit in you ain't gotta knock just sit down you know whatever and um a lot of times i'd be teaching the students lessons that, and they started from the ages of uh abigail from five to up to late teens, mm-hmm. and uh, but a lot of mine were the babies five, six, seven, eight. Some of them just learning to read and write mm. and of that nature. So that was that was a bit of a challenge, actually. <laughs> but uh, but I loved it. And as the years went on, I would always get a, a parent come up to me and say, "You know, you ought to be a coach." I'm like, "What kind of coach?" I'm like like a life coach or a speaker, because the the things that you're saying to my son and daughter, you know, we're sitting in the back of the room listening. Like, wow, he's really. I'm like, yeah hey, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I scoffed at it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, hey, look, I'm good. I don't really need that. Um these are my students, these are my babies, I love them to death. Um, I was one of those teachers, if I'm gonna be completely honest, I'm one of them old school teachers. Um I I am you know, kids nowadays and I don't knock it, they call their teachers by their first name and all of this other stuff. My first name was Mister. Yeah. My middle name was that period after that and my last name was Hughes. <laughs> and, I, and I and I established that from day one and uh I always had two rules and I and I joke about it in the book rule number 1 the teacher's always right and rule number 2 if you think you're right go back to rule number 1. Um but I always did it in a way where it was jokingly but it was also to set the um not the hierarchy but just like here's here's where Here's where you are and I need you to operate from here. You mean, you know, here here's your um, training wheels and I'm going to be there with you and I'm going to guide you. But I was always direct with the students. I told them when they did well and I told them what there was areas to need for improvement mm-hmm. because um, I was not one of those teachers that told them everything was bad and told them that everything was good. You have to let them know how to deal with both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're doing well, give them something more challenging. Um, or even if, if they get a little full of themselves, you know, bring that ego back. If they're not doing well, you, you them. all right, you know what, let's scale back a little bit. Now let's try this. Mm-hmm. So it, it challenged me as well to mm-hmm. stay ahead of them and keep a kid engaged. It's hard to keep kids engaged, oh, yeah. especially, especially in the learning environment. This was not regular school. This was outside of their school where they'd come after school on mm-hmm. the weekend and I'd have to teach them and it was tough, but I loved it. I always found a way to keep them going. Again, did that 21 years, and it was funny, the last, so this is what, 2019, so end of 20, mid to end of 2015, the lady that um, founded the school, Dr. Dorothy Bounds, I love her to death, came to me and said, I'm putting in my papers. I mean, papers for what? She said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell the school. I'm ready to retire. I'm in my 80s. I'm ready to hang it up. And it was like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Because I loved it. But I was like, ah, she'll just sleep it off and say, I'm not gonna sell. Um, but then going into twenty sixteen, it I start, I started to see visitors come and look, check out the building. I was like, Oh, she ain't joking. <laughs> <laughs> so now they're telling all the students, and now the students are looking at me, the ones I used to get on their nerves, they're crying. And then, you know, they're, oh, my God, you can't leave me, Mr. Hughes. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not leaving. This school just won't be here. Then they begged me to take teach um, out of my home and all of this other stuff. Um, but, but I was trying to deal with that um, because, if I'm going to be completely honest, that was something I probably took for granted in a sense, meaning like it'll always be here. It'll always be here.
1: Mm.
2: And, um, and I, again, I volunteered. I really, I didn't get paid. Um, I did it. Did not regret it but as it got closer to when she said I got a buyer and I've accepted the office. Oh God, no. So now my birthday's in April. So around February, they're starting to take things out of the school. You're seeing pianos being bought and drums. I'm like, now it's hitting me. Mm. Now it's hitting me. So the only pianos left was the one in my room and the drum set in the basement and all this other stuff. Students are starting to pull out and I got great gifts. I got great uh, hugs and Parents were just still saying, you should be a coach. You should be a coach. And I'm like, why are they saying this? They kept saying it for the last, that last year and a half. You you need to be a coach and or a speaker.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, um, on the day that the doors closed, the absolute last day that it closed, <laughs> I did a nine minute Facebook live video from my desk. My last student had left and I, it was the most, profound and probably the most real if I'm going to be completely like most Shannon that you were going to see mm. talk about what just happened and it went on for nine minutes and I was holding back to tears and I posted that video I got over what was it 15 1600 likes and responses and retweets mm-hmm. I got messages from people on Facebook that are Facebook friends of mine that I don't ever hear from
1: mm-hmm. that
2: said you got me today, or man, you you know you did you did well you did your job well done soldier pastors um, doctors. um, Then it went into other people's threads that are not even on my Facebook. Somebody shared it, and mm-hmm. everybody was sending me private messages. And and it's like this one, a friend of mine out in uh, California says, Shannon, this was not the day for me to cry. I mean, I, I like, why are you doing this to me? She says she watched it three times. I'm like, are you serious? She says. I always was happy about all the stuff you did, but that one got me and it really, that was kind of a, I don't know if it was a confession, Abigail, Mm -hmm. but it just was, I would, I just poured it into that video and people at, at our core, and I think you would agree with this, Mm. they know when you're being you and being real and being authentic and being full of gratitude and being thankful and all of that. I mean, I don't care where you are, or how you were raised, or what's your thought process in life, when someone is speaking from their heart, they may not—you may not even understand what they're talking about—but you understand when somebody's being real and just telling you that raw emotion that you can't, like actors, try to encapsulate in, in movies and films and television. But there's nothing like it when you hit record or someone standing in front of you and you're looking at them and you're looking in their eyes and you yeah. see mm-hmm. what's going on. And it was hard for me. Mm-hmm. And in the book, I think you remember this. I talked about after those doors closed for the next eight months, I had a pity party. Yeah. Um, I sulked, Abigail. I sulked. I was woe is me from, from, so from my month, so it closed in March. So April till around end of October, I sucked you know, I, I got choked up. I didn't know what else to do. I had other people wanting me to teach, but it just wasn't the same. You can't recreate it.
1: Mm.
2: But here's the, the sad part about it. There was nothing wrong with me. I mean, I was healthy. I had a job. It wasn't like I was dying. I guess for me, something, I don't want to say died inside. Let's just say something ended and I needed something to replace it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to just go to work and come home, go to work and come home, wait for the weekend, go to work and come home. I didn't want to do that. I just, I, you know, when there, you need more mm-hmm. in some phase of your life, you know, you need something more and now, again, I didn't know what the hell that was, mm-hmm. but I knew I needed something more. And it sounds corny, but I'm just just telling you that's why I, the book was written. Mm-hmm. I needed something more. I just needed to know what the hell that was. And then November, I took um, I took a vacation uh, my, myself. I said, all right. So I rented a hotel room up in Wisconsin. It was the dead of winter. It was cold. It was about eight eight, 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 eight to 10 inches on the ground. I'm used to it being in Chicago, but I'm like, normally I would just stay in. So right after the Thanksgiving break, I, I was gone for like five days. And I drove up there by myself and I didn't know why I went. I just went, just went on up there. All right. Put the bags down, whatever. Look out the window for a little bit, you know, put on my kicker box and play some music and sat there for a second. And you always know after, like, after things that they always have these sales, these these Black Friday sales, things online, whatever. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not sitting in front of Best Buy for at what, 12 midnight waiting for, you know, the release of the 19th version of The Avengers. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to the Apple store. I ain't doing that. But I will go online and just look. Now, most times I don't buy anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But then I saw some courses being sold on how to be a speaker, author, coach. I'm like, hmm. I looked at him and he really slashed him. He they slashed like by 70% off. I'm like, Oh, yeah. so I <laughs> out the credit card and I bought him. Uh-huh. So I downloaded it and I sat there for the first few days and just watched the courses, took notes, did all this other stuff. I'm like, Hmm, interesting. I can do this. Um, okay. And a friend of mine reached out to me on Facebook that we had never spoke before. If he's from Chicago, but he lives in Dallas said, um, I, I love your videos. And we just started talking. We talked for about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think the foundation has already been laid for you. Now you just have to make the move,
1: mm-hmm.
2: movement. Move there you go. Mm-hmm. And this is from coming from a total stranger. We've been friends for Facebook. We always liked each other's videos. We decided to have a conversation and he planted the seed. So it from there, that's when it started. So now December, I made a trip to California. <laughs> first time since I was a kid I went out to the Orange County area and oh, I love that area went mm-hmm. out to the Orange County area and I uh, went out there for a real estate seminar and I reached out to a friend of mine who we always chatted always chatted and I said I know this is going to sound weird I hope it doesn't sound stalkerish but uh, I'm going to be in your area would you love to have lunch or something we'd love to meet mm-hmm. up we all, we've known each other for Facebook for, for five years She's like where are you staying I told her what hotel is, She she's. I'll come pick you up. I'm like really? Say, yep. And she actually offered to pick me up from the airport, um, and that was another fiasco. For some reason, we got routed to Los Angeles. I sat on the runway for six hours. <laughs> uh, I told her they're going home. So then we got back in there, and I got to Orange County late at night. Long story, but anyway, mm-hmm. she picks me up for lunch, and we sat down like we had known each other for years. We had just started talking, and it, it it was something about that conversation when, when she had said, "You're searching for something. What are you looking for?" So I never, am short for words, but I was like, uh, I have no idea. (laughs) And we, we, we kind of started talking. I told her about the school being closed. We got to talking, we got to walking and talking and things started to unfold. And, um, she invited me to her house for Christmas dinner. And so, but I got to spend some time in Orange County and, there's a passage in the book and I don't know if you remember I had already been doing these We you had mentioned earlier about my motivational minute videos I had been doing long minute videos like five, six minutes about just random thoughts and I'd post them I was already doing that during that time I was sulking just yeah. to kind of get an outlet and as I'm in Orange County I'm coming out of the bank and I'm getting ready to walk into Panera Bread yeah, this is in the book and a man walked up to me man was about six foot something, about a biscuit short of 300 pounds, walks up to me. Again, I had not been in California in over 30 some odd years. And I had never been to Orange County. It was always like Los Angeles. I had never been to Orange County. Yeah. I know no one other than the woman that I just met who invited yeah. me to house. That's all I knew. Yeah. Walks up to me. He says, hello, is your name Shannon? Now, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> Let me be very clear with this next <laughs> statement.
1: <laughs>
2: um, there's a, and, that, and maybe they just from Chicago, but whatever. You you get a defense mechanism. Look, I'm not from here. No one knows me. Who is this tall, big, burly dude walking up to me saying, is your name Shannon? Yeah. I just came out of the bank. So I don't know if he watched me walk out of the bank and now going to Panera Bread i like, so he going to rob me and he going to take my money, and go to Panera Bread. So I don't know your name and know, know your name. <laughs> and, and my name on top of it. So they like, just leave me a thank you. If you're going to rob me and whatever but <laughs> I was, I was so, I, Oh my God. I'm looking up at him, literally looking up at him. And you know, I clenched my fists and I leaned back and in my manly voice, I said, who wants to know? So <laughs> I, I was, I was terrified. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. I, I, that's not it. That's, I'm not here to do any harm. He says, I saw one of your videos online. Yeah. You what? (laughs) And he started talking. Now my fists are still clenched. Let me be very clear. My fists are still clenched. And he brought up a video that I did. It was called just because something's old doesn't mean you throw it away. And I had a dual meaning to that video talking about how we show lack of respect for our elders Mm -hmm. And sometimes we forget that they were here before us. They laid stuff down for us. We learn from their mistakes and their successes. We have to, we can't discard them. We don't. You know, it's always bothers me how we just, you know, uh, discard the elderly or we don't think they have anything left to contribute. Yeah. And then I was talking about how people, you know, if they could the pair new, new Jordans today, next week he comes off another pair. Now you want that pair. Yet mm-hmm. you just bought this one last week. Yeah. They still have some value, is what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And he took that and I said, well, what resonated you about? He said, well, I got laid off my job of 19 years. Mm-hmm. He was an IT guy, tech guy, whatever. Ah, uh, yeah. And he went home to his wife and he did like I did. He soaked on the couch for several weeks and she didn't bother him. She just let him. And then she finally said, you know what? I need to get your ass off the couch mm-hmm. enough. You have something left to do. What are you going to do? And he saw, he, he, even though he was a tech guy, he really wasn't a internet on social media type person. Yeah. So he started, you know, oh, what's this Facebook thing? He did that and, twitter account and he saw my video on twitter Mm -hmm. and he said he played it a couple times Mm -hmm. and he said it inspired him to go find a support group uh, of guys that wanted to do something as an entrepreneur and stuff so they had went to some meeting groups down and he went went over to silicon valley he just did did some stuff and and he met some people and him and his wife befriended some people um he was at that time was putting in job applications people calling him back but at the same time he said he found his not second wind but he kind of like his calling was like now being born. Like that door had to close from his job in order for this to happen. Mm-hmm. As you see the parallel with my story, yeah. the school had to close as, as much as I miss it
1: mm-hmm.
2: in order for Shannon to be sitting here talking to Abigail. Yeah. If, if, if that did not happen, I would not know you. I would not have had the three books and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it forced him to move. The school closed and forced me to move. I bought the courses. I got on a plane. I met somebody else. She introduced me to somebody else. And 2017, I went in guns a blazing. I mean, now I get a speaking event down in Tampa. And I'm like somebody, a mutual friend um, of somebody said, Shannon, need you to come down to Tampa. I'm like, for what? (laughs) She's like, uh, a speaker canceled. I need you to come down. I was like, okay. And then she was another Facebook friend of mine that we'd always chatted. And she had actually did some real estate things for me. Get on the plane, fly down to Tampa on my own dime. A mutual friend of ours, Allison Larson, mm-hmm. is who I wound up meeting, and David Fagan.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's who I met, 2017. That was the week going into Easter. My birthday was the following week. Mm-hmm. So now I'm meeting more people and things are starting to change. And it was a little nerve wracking. Um, I was like, wow! And at that time, I had put the finishing touches on book number one, mm-hmm. your motivational manual, volume one. Um, it was going to come out about two weeks after. It, my plan was about two weeks after I got there. But then, I kind of went back to the drawing board of some stuff I didn't like. Then at David and Allison's event, I got met somebody else. So now I'm in Vegas in July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to go there. I'm like, man, I hadn't Abigail, I hadn't been on a plane since 2001. Yeah. This was 2017. So 16 years I had not seen the inside of a plane mm-hmm. and it took me to places. I met people. I started to expand my rights, but then I got around people that had been where I was at that time.
1: Yeah,
2: There's uh saying proximity is power. Yeah. I know this is not breaking news. You have got to get around people. If you're trying to make a change for the better in your life and others' lives, that are that can help you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to do it the, exactly the way they do it, but if you don't get around people that are movers and shakers, even if they're not millionaires and whatever, they, they at least they have this positive vibe and energy where they're, you yeah. know, putting it out. You you can't if your friends are a bunch of no good people, <laughs> and you're confused to why you're not getting results. Um, you might want to look in the mirror. That's well, I, you can.
1: I want to jump in there with you because. Mm-hmm. You're so right. And it's some of the best coaching I ever give is not any advice or anything. It's just like, go be in that environment. I call it the agreement. Reality is like, hmm. when you're around people who agree that life's tough. It's hard. It's this, it's that you're going to agree. And it's going to, your life's going to be much of that. But when you align yourself with people who agree that life is exciting and we're making a difference and this is how we can do it. And this is how we can empower each other. You're going to get more of that. And yes. you know, you mentioned and shared a lot of your story the school shutting down had to happen for the man that you met in OC like just walking up to you his life had to change and we often wait for something to change our lives before we do and you do talk a lot about that in your in your in your pot in your radio show in your books online and so Tell us a little bit more about movement and momentum and mastery because since 2017, you hadn't seen a plane for 16 years and now you've probably seen 16 planes, you know? (laughs) Tell us how that movement created the momentum and is now generating more mastery and, and it keeps feeding into itself.
2: Oh my God. It was, I also changed my words. At the time, I would say it was scary, but now I've changed it to exciting. I'm looking forward to what the challenge is. Mm. There's power in your words. I mean, so, so obviously when I first started, I was scared. I'm like, Oh my God, I, you know, this is, you know, this is unreal. But when I got on that plane, obviously I didn't know what to expect. Okay. I'm going to speak. I, I guess I don't, I'm going to speak about, I don't know who else is down there, but the one attitude I tried to have was just learn, receive and learn. And to me, some people are very competitive and they try to, oh, this person, I'm going to do this when I,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't in that space. Yeah. My friend asked me to come down and speak on my dime. She said, I can't pay. I said, fine. I need to get out anyway. I need to get out and just be around. But what I did do is I, I not only did I run my mouth on the stage, I ran my mouth off the stage, asking questions, talking mm-hmm. getting business cards, just learning where, where people were at in their lives. Some people were way ahead of me. Someone was just getting started like I was, what have you. But what that does is you are moving. Mm-hmm. You, there's a time to be still. But I was still for 16 years. That's long enough.
1: Yeah.
2: But now there's a time to move. When God calls you to move, you don't move. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. might miss your season, as they say. Yeah. Um, I missed several seasons, um, embarrassingly, I have to say. But again, back to the school for a minute, if that door did not close, I mean, you know, you take away the thing that you love the most or you think that you're benefiting from the most.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, what do you do? It's kind of like you like uh, they say, burn the boats. Uh, you get out there and you just got a doggy paddle, whatever you need to do to figure it out. Yeah. And just getting around people. Because, again, there was not much for me to offer at the time, but the only thing I could offer is I'm here. What can I learn from this person?
1: Mm-hmm. This
2: and I, I, w- I went to, you know, uh, seminars and, uh, spoken seminars and like little summits and whatever and enjoyed every bit of it. Some of the stuff wasn't for me, but you still need to hear it mm-hmm. because it may maybe something you can use later yeah. Um, or you could connect people. I started connecting people because I started to learn a lot of people we find now we find each other on Facebook and now we're all growing and learning and things of that nature. So, um, Later to 2017, it was a rough year because I was still trying to put that book out and and I got the book out in August of 2017. Um, Allison, who I mentioned earlier, came to Chicago and there was a big event out here on the South Side of Chicago. I took the the, the day off work and I went out there, met her her, and David was there again, met more people. So now I'm in my backyard. So now I'm meeting more people. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the guys that's there and I'm going to talk about the event that I'll be at uh, in September named James Dentley. Um, he's a billionaire here from Chicago met him. Wow. There's another guy and he's, he's partnering up with Les Brown. I'm like, okay, how did I get here from the guy from last year Mm -hmm. that was crying in his office saying, I don't know what to do. You know, thank you for letting me teach you and be your instructor. And Oh my God. At eight months I'm crying and sulking. And now I'm on three or four planes later and here I am Chicago meeting people like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Then came the radio show, won a contest um, that Allison told me about for Voice America. I said, there's no way I'm going to win this. So, but I said, you know what? I'm on social media. So I put it out there. I told everybody I need y'all to vote. I explained how it works. Uh, I went to work. I, uh, threatened my coworkers, um, told them to to, <laughs> you <have> to vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, threaten them people that owed me money. I might forgive the, the debt if you vote for me and all <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I went on a campaign and it just shot. And I was just and for a while, I was in the lead, and then these two ladies leapfrogged me, and they—they they were taking the top five. And yeah. miraculously, I won that contest. And now I got a few months to put the show together. And then April 11th, the movement was born. Um, my first guest was Forbes Riley. I'm sure you know who that is. Um, she, I met her in in 2017 at David's event, and she came on the show. Abigail, I was so nervous. I was scared to death. My knots were turning to my stomach. I'm yeah. sweating. I'm like, oh God, I think my voice is, how does my voice sound? And uh-huh. I, don't remember, I don't look, oh, wait a minute. They can't see me. I'm just on <laughs> I was terrified, but she came on. I was a little intimidated beginning an interview, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, And then she kind of started to coach me on the air because she was talking about her coaching program and um, we got yeah. a little deep on some stuff and, um, and I started to calm down because now I'm talking from Shannon and we yeah. calmed down we had a great interview. She, I was on her show cause her show followed mine. Mm. It went great. And then the next thing I know, people started listening to the show. People started wanting to con- you know, be on the show. I had a salute to women in the month of May. It was called the Me Too month of May because that Me Too movement thing was hot and mm-hmm. hot then as you remember. I had eight women across five weeks get on there and just talk about their, their journey and then give their opinion about me too. And their opinions varied. I mean, it wasn't like, oh yeah, we they had different opinions
1: mm-hmm.
2: about some circumstances that women put themselves in. Mm-hmm. Some that, you know, are self esteem is low, they're scared to speak up. They had different talks. That was my second month. It was exciting.
1: Yeah. And so real quick, where can people go listen to the movement?
2: You can listen to it on voiceamerica.com. It's also in Spotify as well. And it's also in iTunes. It's called The Movement with Shandy Hughes. Uh, I'm actually prepping up for season two Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm going to change the format a little bit, but it's not going to be too different. I'm not going to deviate from it too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to change a few things and I'm going to relaunch it and we're going to be more accessible, where you could probably see me on TV, this ugly bug on TV. You'll Ooh. see me a little bit, so we're doing some things differently. I actually have a line of people already reaching out. Since the show's been off in July, people still reaching out. Can I be on your show? Can I be on your show? So I'm actually cool. lining up guests now. Yes, uh, But but that show did wonders. I mean, I had uh, Frank Shankwitz, you know who that is, mm-hmm. the founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, a guy from uh, one of the guitars from Earth, When the Fire. I've had quite a few people on the show. It was one of the... I had two former... Ladies professional wrestlers mm-hmm. that were on the show those are great those were big interviews though they, they, they I brought a big audience so it was great um mm-hmm. and I I enjoy I enjoy the show because I love listening to people share their stories because we can't rely on the government to fix everything we got to be there for each other mm-hmm. and share our stories with each other and that's how connecting the human spirit I know that sounds corny, mm-hmm. but I don't care where you're from well. Our stories connect us
1: Yes. And I, that's what I want to say is like you sharing your story today. I know, like I was taking notes cause you hit so many points about what other people are going through about right. needing change to change their life, needing the push, the motivation. And then also something from, from the beginning of what you were sharing is like, you are a natural born leader and teacher. Just, I mean, even in this conversation, you're, you're teaching us and so many people aren't, present to what who they are as their gift and their power and like even though it changed from teaching music and yet it took you down an eight-month road of kind of like oh no now what you know everything was the same now it's different like that's natural because we all naturally you were speaking to the identity crisis that we all go through when something really does change in our lives Mm -hmm. and I I love that you shared that with it because sharing your story or like you're talking about your guests sharing their story and what a difference it makes for the world is, you know, we're going to begin to wrap up and I kind of want to ask you sharing your story. What's the legacy you're leaving?
2: That's a tougher question. I thought it was going to be, um,
1: it came out of nowhere.
2: (laughs) Apparently so. Um, I would say that, you're going to get that one moment in your life where you're going to have to ask yourself, what do you want? And everybody's answers are going to vary. We both know that. But then your follow-up question is, is this something that's going to make a difference in other people's lives first, not just yours? Yeah. Because I believe if you put it out there, it'll come back to you. Yeah. Um, if you're chasing money, it will run away from you. Yeah. But if you are looking to help people, um, a lot of people say, Oh my God, that means I have to give up time and then it's going to be free, whatever with that. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are, you think you got it bad. Someone's always got it worse than you. Mm. What can you do to serve people? Because mm-hmm. once it comes back to you, you're going to look around and say, Oh my God, look, we well, look at here. And I got to speak and, and I helped, I connected people, um, three books later and all this other stuff. And I'm just getting started.
1: Yeah.
2: And, but when I say started getting started to helping people more people not just helping shannon helping more people Mm -hmm. and um we we haven't talked about it there's an event here in chicago on september 19th Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called frequent knock and it's uh i'm you were there for my book launch in march yeah um but i didn't do one here in chicago so i get to do kind of a book signing here in chicago um and i get to talk and i get to talk about the book and I get to be up there with some other speakers. There's some big people flying in for this. And this is uh, this is an event that a lot of people fly into cities to come to. Yeah. And I was asked to be there. And this is, again, another step because I did things prior to this yeah. to move in a direction that got me to hit. Again, it's not about me speaking and doing a book. It's just at some point you have to move.
1: Yes.
2: You're going to fall. But if you want it, you'll get up. You're going to get up. And, and it's okay to have self-doubt, but just know what your end game is. I'm going to get this done. Yeah. And to be at this event, I'm excited about it. There's some speakers there. I'm like, but again, I'm going to go in the same mindset. I'm going to watch them. Like, right. what can I learn from them? I'm not competing with yeah. them.
1: Yeah. I'm learning
2: from them. Yeah. And if you keep learning and just keep doing what you do, you're going to look up and you're going to be seeing that your legacy is building right in front of you.
1: Yeah. And
2: so the legacy I'm just leaving is just don't stop. I mean... There's people that have less than you that have done a lot more than you because they're choosing to do that. Yeah. So, what's your excuse? Go ahead and just, just get moving okay. little by little. Do something every day to get going.
1: I love it. Just get moving. That is a good, <laughs> good piece of good tip from the movement master. Shannon, thank you so much for being here. So, if someone wants to join you at Secret Knock, how can they do that?
2: Oh my goodness! Uh, there's a uh, and I'm actually I'll post that on my social media as well. Do uh, frequent knock
1: link and I'll put it. I will send you the link.
2: Uh, you go to frequent lock. Uh, you can purchase tickets. It's a, it's from five to nine p.m. in Chicago time central.
1: Great.
2: Um, there will be speakers, uh, big businessmen there. They're going to be speaking on all different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, they're flying in from everywhere from this one. So I actually don't awesome. have to plane this time. <laughs> uh, so that's so that's September nineteenth. Uh, from five to nine. If you want to purchase my book, uh, as we said, Movement Mastery How to Find Your Motivation and Create Last Momentum, Amazon, it's on Kindle Fire and it's on Amazon. The hard copy just got up there, so you can go and purchase that as well. Again, the movements on Spotify, uh, VoiceAmerica.com, and uh, iTunes as well. You can go to my website, uh, ShannonDhughes.com. That's ShannonDhughes.com, about all the things I do. I'm a real estate investor, merchant processing, speaker, coach. I do some of everything, but it's all in the vein of serving people. And yeah. that's what it, it is. It is not about Shannon getting shine on Shannon. It's about putting shine on others mm-hmm. and it'll come back to you. So I'm really excited. Um, Gabrielle, I cannot thank you enough for your talents you lent to the book. Your your heart's unleashed is just you straight fire. I love the stuff that you put out. You know, I always say, that's my girl right there. Every time you always catch me when I need it. So thank you. keep doing what you're doing. The book, I cannot be happier with the book. I would, I mean, I could not have done that project without. that. So you have my love and gratitude. You know You know how much I adore you. And for having me on this show, thank you so much. I'm just excited. And I'm excited for others. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm excited for others that are going to hopefully see this and say, you know what? He's right. Yeah. Get going. If you want to reach out to me, because um, I coach as well. If you want to reach out to me, again, you know, go to my website or Shannon at ShannonDHughes.com is my email. You can just go to sdhughesenterprises.com as well. Reach me one of the two ways. Let's have a conversation. And um, but the coach that's interviewing me right now, she ain't bad herself. So you might want to talk, reach out to her as well. So I can't thank you enough. You are you are the straight truth. I really appreciate you. And you know thank I love you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Shannon. It's such a pleasure to have you here, and thanks for bringing the energy. I am pu- I'm pumped up for my day. You all, y'all don't know we're recording at 10 a.m., but I got a good day ahead of me now. Like, thank you for being such a contribution for serving first and realizing that when you give your heart out, it does reverberate. It does come back. It contributes all over, and then it really just shows up tenfold for you. You're you've been climbing in life. You've been flying in life. You've been doing all the things, and your energy is in. Fact, so keep that up. Keep sharing. And I cannot wait to share this episode with our listeners.
2: And the last thing I'll say is don't try to play anybody else. Play yourself because all the other roles are taken. Just be you. That you are the right. lead. You are the lead in your own movie. Right. It.
1: Yes. It. I even want to shout you out for saying that Facebook video you did, how it basically kick-started everything you deciding to be the most vulnerable gain the most reaction and support and i would love for our listeners to walk away knowing that when they show up real life shows up for them
2: and that's when it'll start absolutely get started
1: all right thank you hearts. so you know now time to start showing up more vulnerable thank you for tuning into the hearts unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers